0: Yes, sir. we promised you a great hello everyone and welcome to another edition of classic wrestling pay per views from the Mennonites podcast I hope you all had an absolutely wonderful Christmas! Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, whatever you celebrate around the holiday season this time of year. And as always, please make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, YouTube, or wherever you can find The Men and Zites Podcast, and follow me on Twitter at IamFostitude for all future podcast information. This episode is all about WCW Starrcade 1997, which happened exactly 22 years ago today, December 28th, 1997. Uh, Yes, I am recording this on December 28th in the morning. Uh, Not super, super early in the morning. I'm only recording this around 9.30 uh, because I stayed up late watching the pay-per-view on the WWE Network Um, so I can uh, refresh my memory uh, because I had not watched the pay-per-view since its original live broadcast. Uh, And This was actually the third WCW pay-per-view that my brothers and I had ever watched uh, live back then. Uh, before this was uh, Super Brawl Four in 1986, that had the two steel cage main events with Macho Man vs. Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan vs. The Giant, a.k.a. The Big Show. And the other pay-per-view was World War III, which happened one month previous to, or prior rather, to in 97, and this was where Scott Hall won the big 60-man Battle royal to earn a World Heavyweight Championship match at Super Bowl VI happening in 1998. So I was a legit WCW fan back in the day. Uh, And as I said, I had not seen this pay-per-view since its original live broadcast, so, you know, it was nice to take the glorious trip down memory lane for this one, and now, Without further delay, let's get into this thing. The first matchup that we had on the card was Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight Championship, and it was a solid 15 minutes of fast-paced, hard-hitting action, high-flying action, and great wrestling, and much like their legendary matches from ECW. I mean. What do you expect? I mean, it's the man of a thousand holes versus Latino Heat, so of course that was going to be a great match, you know. And Eddie worked the leg of Malenko for a good portion of the match, and you know, again, when it's you get these two in the middle in the ring, you get these two in a wrestling match, you were going to, you were pretty much guaranteed to have some, to see something special. And they did not disappoint here. For status for damn sure. Uh, And as I said. Eddie was working on Malenko's leg. For a good portion of the match. Until he eventually won this match. Retaining the Cruiserweight Championship. After he hit Malenko with a frog splash. Right onto his leg. uh, The same leg that he had been focusing on. Throughout the match. And it looked like it genuinely hurt. It really did. Um, Yeah, It was a great match. And it is one that I would highly recommend. To everyone listening to this. Who hasn't seen. Pay per view, or even just this match before, or if you watched it and didn't remember this match, go back and check it out. I will, re- I have re- you will not be disappointed. It was a, a great way to start off uh, this pay per view, especially because you know, Starcade is was WCW's WrestleMania before WrestleMania. Because you know, back in the 80s, Starcade was introduced as you know the big super card for the National Wrestling Alliance, and when WCW you know, as a company was was born, Starcade became the WrestleMania. So yeah. <sighs> but anyways, um, after this match, we had a promo from Scott Hall that was officially interrupted by the Giant, who again, Big Show, uh, where they just had a little scuffle and nothing too spectacular there. And we followed this match up with a six-man tag match. It was Vincent, aka Virgil, Scott Norton, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Replacing Conan, who I believe was injured, uh, when I was doing my research for I didn't, and plus they didn't even mention it on the broadcast, so who knows? Taking on the Steiner Brothers and Ray trailer. Uh, this match was okay, you know, at least to me, you know, which is a real shame, you know, because there was these were some of the best to ever step foot in a wrestling ring, you know, this should have been a much better match. It really should have, I mean, because you have. You know, let me see. Yeah, again, you got Scott Norton, who freaking badass, a real you know tough guy, had a great reputation in Japan. Cider uh, Brothers, you know, Cyber Brothers are great. Macho Man, the, the the legend, the legend, Macho Man. Ray trailer, you know, A.K.A. Big Boss Man, or Big Bubba Rogers, whichever you prefer to call him. Um, and yes, I'll even say and Vincent Virgil. Um, these were some of the best wrestlers of the time and of all time in this match, and the match was just, again, it was just okay. You know, to me, it felt like a match, like a Monday Nitro match more than a pay-per-view match, and there was quite a few matches on this on this card that, you know, looking at it now felt more like Monday Nitro matches, but it was still enjoyable for what it was, and the match told the story that it needed to tell. You know, there was one spot in the match where Scott Snyder hit Vincent with a DDT off the top rope that looked Fucking brutal. Like like I'm surprised it didn't break Vincent's neck, I really am. Uh, and then like a few minutes later he hit him he hit Vincent with a Frankenstein off the top rope as well. And tried to do the same to Macho Man, but was stopped by Scott Norton when he took down wait when he was taken down rather with the electric chair drop. And would then take the pinfall for his team after being hit by a classic Randy Savage elbow drop for the one, two, three. And then we had another little promo segment with Mean Jean interviewing JJ Dillon, where they basically recapped the whole WCW vs. NWO story up to that point and announced Nick Patrick as the referee for the main event world championship match. And then we had Bill Goldberg versus Steve Mungo McMichael. Uh, yeah, not much to really say about this match. I mean It went just shy of six minutes with Mongo getting his ass kicked throughout before finally he was pinned after a jackhammer. And he did also go through a table, uh, but it was a very weak table spot where he just got, you know, basically pushed off the apron and went through a table that was, you saw the, as they call the scoring underneath the table where you saw the section of the table that was going to break. So, yeah, it was nothing spectacular uh, at all. And then next up we had uh, Perry Saturn who was... In place of Raven, at the request of Raven, taking on Chris Benoit in a Raven's Rules match, which is essentially anything goes, no holds barred kind of match. You know, and this was a good match, but it wasn't. Again, just didn't feel like a pay per view match to me. You know, again, felt like a match that should have been on Monday Nitro instead. But I liked it. I really did. And Raven's flock, well, they interfered throughout the match as they usually did whenever. Raven or another flock member was wrestling. Um and know how many people remember Raven's flock, you know? Cuz I mean yeah, they it originated in ECW then you know came over with him to WCW, but although it wasn't the same people that he had in ECW. Uh, cuz in WCW it was a Sick Boy, uh, Van Hammer, uh Perry Saturn, um Lodi, billy Kidman, I think I'm missing some people uh anyways um what I will say about this match also is what it did it for me is it made me realize just how severely underutilized Perry Saturn was during his entire WWF run I mean seriously because the guy is was a phenomenal athlete a great wrestler uh, and he should have been intercontinental champion when he was in WWF but they had the moppy gimmick which I don't know whose idea it was but I don't know. With that gimmick, he was basically doomed to fail. Whatever. Anyway, back to the match. I would say the final two or three minutes of the match is where the action really started to kick into high gear because that's when all the flock members uh, began to, well, flock into the ring, uh, trying trying but failing for the most part to take down Benoit until Benoit came face to face with Raven and the fans got really hyped up for that because the story is that, you know, that it was that. Raven and Benoit had been, you know were supposed to have had a match on Nitro like off and on for, for for however many weeks or months, and Raven would always either not show up or he would have another flock member in his place. So the fans were really hyped up for that moment. you know before Benoit got hit behind by Van Hammer and was taken down by Raven's even flow DDT. and then eventually was defeated with the rings of Saturn. Uh, a highly underrated submission hold, I might add. Uh, and I would love to see that submission, you know, be used some, by someone more more regularly uh, in wrestling now. By who? I don't know. You know I guess we'll f- we'll see that. We'll figure that out somewhere down the line. Then after this, we had Buff Bagwell. Buff is the stuff versus the total package Lex Luger. And uh, this was a much better match than I remembered it being. And and that is not at all a knock on either man involved in this match. It's just that at that age, and I just turned 11, uh, five days prior, <laughs> sorry, I had to do the quick math in my head, um, and at, at 11 years old, I didn't really appreciate the work rate of a lot of wrestlers the same way that I do now. And, uh, and this was also the longest match on the entire show, if you can believe that. <laughs> Uh, clocking in at 16 minutes and 36 seconds. And yeah, 16 minutes, 36 seconds was the longest match on a three-hour pay-per-view. That did go almost the entire three hours. So, you know, if an almost 17-minute match is the longest match, irks. Um But, you know, both men did a very good job telling their story for this match. And eventually we would get the, you know... Pretty predictable referee bump, you know, where he's knocked out and you know basically dead for eternity until until something happens, and and this allowed the NWO to interfere and caused Bagwell to score the victory over Luger. Um, And again, it was a much better match than I remembered it being at that time. It was pretty good. I, I I I I enjoyed it. I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was my favorite match on the card. You know, my my favorite match was Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Uh, for the reasons that I stated already. Uh, and side note, I seriously believe that Lex Luger deserves to be inducted into the into the WWE Hall of Fame. I truly believe that he does. Um, I know not everyone is gonna agree with that, but I, there, I know there are others out there who will agree with it. You know, and I would love to see him be inducted I mean, because he's done a couple of you know interview stuff for w, for WWE Network and a couple of documentaries here and there. Uh, so he he he's at he's on at least on speaking terms with WWE. Uh, yeah, maybe 2020 will be his year. Yeah. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens between now and WrestleMania weekend next year. Then um, after this we had Curt uh, sorry I was I was gonna say Curtis Axel which you know, wouldn't have been completely wrong. Uh, Kurt Hennig versus Diamond Dallas Page for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Yes. Back then it was called the US Heavyweight Championship, now it's just the US title. And this was two of my all-time favorites going one-on-one for the US title. And this is when DDP was still very much on the rise to becoming a true top star for WCW. And I was a big DDP fan back then, I really was. He was my guy, he, he was. And this match though, honestly wasn't as great as I remembered it being. You know, Sorry to say that, you know. I'm not saying it was a bad match. it Definitely was not a bad match. Just it, it wasn't as at the level that I remembered it. You know, especially considering who was involved in the match. I mean, I still loved it. I loved watching it again after all these years. Yeah, uh, as I do with a lot of these old shows that it, they feature on the WWE network. You know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, just that that spark wasn't there. You know. But, you know, DDP eventually got the win after hitting Kurt with a diamond cutter out of nowhere uh, to win his first of two, or would go on to be two, U.S. championships during his WCW career. And we follow this one up with the semi-main event. It was Eric Bischoff, accompanied by Scott Hall versus the living legend Larry Zabisco for control of Monday Nitro with Bret the Hitman Heart as special guest referee. And the story and the build up for this match was great. Yeah, at least that's how I remembered it for that time. Because basically, Zabisco was just fed up with the NWO and Bischoff's bullshit and wanted to take back Monday Nitro for WCW for the great good of WCW and. All that good stuff, <laughs> um, and it actually, it was not a bad match. You know, a lot shorter than I remembered it being, though. Um, actually, no, take that back. It was longer than I remembered it being. Uh, and, and Bret Hart throughout the match teased, uh, like he was siding with Bischoff, because uh, it was, you know, certain things that Larry was supposed to go would do to to Eric, like certain, like you know, punches and certain kicks and like certain submission holds that Bret would admonish him, you know. Or, you know, almost scolding him throughout. And this, of course, was pissing off Zabisco, pissed off the fans big time throughout this match. Because, you know, we were we were all behind Larry Zabisco. We wanted him to beat the shit out of Bischoff and, you know, win and take, take Nitro back for WCW... Uh, eventually Brett would show that he is still one of the good guys when he knocked out Eric Bischoff with a punch and then put Scott Hall on a sharpshooter before declaring Zabisco the winner by disqualification because uh, Scott Hall had loaded one of Bischoff's little karate shoes with a steel plate thing where Bischoff kicked him and then that steel plate flew across the, the, the the. it flew in through the air into the crowd landing hopefully not on someone's face and hurting them um, and awarded him and this, you know, by declaring him the winner by DQ awarded him control of Monday Nitro so you know commentary team of Dusty Rhodes Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone were very excited that Monday Nitro was back in control of WCW or WCW rather was back in control of Monday Nitro <sighs> But yeah it was a good match just yeah you know like rewatching all this entire show so again so many years later it was just felt different you know looking at it differently from from the minor perspective that i have now with professional wrestling which then brought us to the main event hollywood hulk hogan versus sting for the wcw world heavyweight championship and like many fans this was the match that we had all been waiting all year to see. It was the culmination of the WCW versus NWO war with the two biggest names representing their respective brands. You know, Hollywood Hogan of course, NWO, and Sting for WCW. And they'd been hyping it up as the biggest match in professional wrestling history up to that point. And for a lot of us fans, it definitely felt that way because they this this whole story was just awesome. Such a great story. Uh, And we had the legendary Michael Buffer as the ring announcer, which is something that, even back then, something that I always loved about WCW's main events, because his introductions added that extra level of hype to every single match and made it feel like a big deal, even if the match sucked. And Hogan made his way to the ring first, and we all waited and great anticipation for the man called Sting to make his entrance and go on to defend the honor and legacy of WCW against the treacherous NWO. (laughs) And also, I used used to have that old Sting mask that they sold uh, back then, Uh, which you could see in the audience throughout the entire arena. So many fans in the audience with their NWO shirts and the Sting mask. And I used to have that exact mask, mask, rather. And I really wish I still had it because I absolutely love that damn thing. Uh, and, you know, and then, after seeing Made as Entrance, him and Hogan stood face to face in the middle of the ring, and the fans' excitement was at a fever pitch. You know, it was 18 months of a great, great story building to this very moment. And then the bell rang. And watching this match again for the first time in 22 years. I remember back then thinking it was the greatest thing I had ever seen, but now, with the mindset that I have and perspective that I have on professional wrestling, I now realize that it was only a good match, that perhaps with my nostalgia for that era in wrestling made me think it was a much better match. Um, It wasn't terrible, it's just not as good as I remembered it being. Plus, you know, there is the whole botched ending where Nick Patrick was supposed to have made a fast count on Sting, but instead made a regular count, and then Bret Hart came out to stop the bell from ringing and then punched out Nick Patrick before then decided that the match was going to continue and he would be the referee, and then Sting would go on to win the match with the Scorpion Deathlock. It's just... It wasn't at all what I remembered it being, which is really such a disappointment. Uh, because, again... It was, it was the most anticipated match in wrestling at that time. And I remember I was so very excited about it. That's why my brother and I, we begged by my, my dad to order the pay-per-view for us. Because we were so excited and so into Hulk Hogan versus Sting. Uh, um, you know, only the thing, only, only thing, other thing I could say is their rematch that sold out the following month was a much better match. And um, who knows, maybe I'll cover that pay-per-view somewhere down the line on this little show. And overall, I would say it was a decent pay-per-view. It was decent to good, or, or decent to okay to good. I don't know what how you would say it. Um, it could have and should have been much better, especially when you consider the level of in-ring talent they had at their, at their disposal at the time. Um, I mean, again, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Raven, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was not even on the card for this pay per view. He was just sitting in the audience because they, in the, throughout, like a decent chunk of the audience, they had the WCW roster and NWO roster just sitting in the crowd as, as regular fans. It was kind of weird, you know? But for the storyline purposes, you know, I understand why it was like that. But you know, it is what it is. And I still very much enjoyed taking this trip down WCW memory lane. And that is going to do it for this edition of Classic Wrestling Pay-Per-Views. I hope you all enjoyed listening to my recap of the whole damn thing. And I also hope that you'll check this pay-per-view out whenever you get the chance to do so. And please be sure to check out my previous classic racing pay-per-view entries for Bad Blood 1997 and Survivor Series 2002, as well as my virtual film reviews, my regular film reviews, my worst to best rankings, and regular podcast episodes, all of which can be found right here on the channel, on the archives, all that good stuff. And again, don't forget to subscribe to the Menna Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, YouTube, wherever you can find the Menna Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at IamFossitude for all podcast updates. Follow me on Instagram at Fossitude to enjoy the pictures and stuff that I post on there. Follow me on Vero for everything else that I do. Um, Support the podcast by donating to my Hall of Justice on Patreon for only $5 a month. The link is in the description to this thing. And the Menatites Podcast Store where I got some shirts, stickers, and a couple wall art pieces. Based on some of the shirts that I have on there. The link for that will be in the description as well. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in, for subscribing, for listening. I love and appreciate every single one of you who do. I truly, genuinely, very much am appreciative of that. I really am. And I hope you all are enjoying your weekend. And we'll have a wonderful New Year's celebration coming up. Uh, Spend this weekend with your loved ones if you can. And if you have to work, that sucks. But hopefully you have fun co-workers. And if you have to work on New Year's Eve, that sucks too. But again, hopefully you have fun co-workers to help make make the time more enjoyable. And yeah, this has been Classic Wrestling Pay-Per-Views from the Man podcast. I am Julien. And I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.